You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Andy Last, and this is Beyond Synth, episode 325. On the show today, I will be chatting with King Steven, who is a really cool artist and makes awesome dark synth tunes that you are going to enjoy, and I would like to make an announcement. So if you support Beyond Synth on Patreon, I put out a poll uh, letting everybody know that I was considering changing the format of the show, and to be honest with you, most people were on board with it, so let's just do it now. So here's what's going on. I'm going to make this as brief as possible, and then we're just going to go right into the interview. Now you're like, what? Right into the interview? What? What about the playlist? Well, here's the deal. You know, every week on Beyond Synth, I I talk a lot about the -the behind-the-scenes production of the show. I know some of you get annoyed by that, but I always like to keep everybody up to date on what's going on. And basically, every episode of Beyond Synth is essentially two different shows, right? There's a playlist which is the first half of the show where I play five to seven tracks. Sometimes I try and keep it in the same sort of theme as the artist's music who is featured in the interview section. And then the second part of the show is the interview section, usually the the longer part of the show. Sometimes I'm finished producing the interview portion of the show, but then my schedule is messed up and you know I've moved recently, and sometimes I just don't have time to produce the first half of the show, but essentially the interview portion, the the meat and potatoes of the program, is actually finished. And there have been plenty of times over the past few months where I essentially could have just released the interview part, but then because of all this other production delays, the episode ends up being like three or four days late when it doesn't really need to be. So... What we're going to do is we are going to change the format of Beyond Synth to be sort of a hybrid of what the show used to be and when we did the high fives. When Marco or Julian came on the show and picked five tracks and it was sort of a separate thing, but it was still on the Beyond Synth feed. So now what we're going to do is we are going to have interview episodes of Beyond Synth and playlist episodes of Beyond Synth. So moving forward, when there's a guest, I'll introduce the guest, play one of their songs, and then just go right into the interview, and they can just have the whole episode to themselves. And following that will be a playlist episode of Beyond Synth, where Marco will be joining me every week to play some tracks, and I'll pick some tracks, and Marco will pick some tracks, and that will be its own show. With the way that the synthwave scene has grown since I started doing this show in 2013, there are so many artists now that I just feel like playing five songs before I do an interview, it just isn't enough. There's so many artists to support, and there's so much music going on, and so I think that we need a full-on, fully robust playlist episode where Marco and I can shoot the shit and play a whole bunch of songs, and that's the plan. So today, I will be chatting with King Steven, and then Marco and I are just figuring out a schedule, so I think we'll probably start recording playlist episodes next week, and that's the plan. And as for my awesome Patreon supporters, the Pattersons and PayPals, since I don't interrupt the interview portions of the show to do shout-outs, we'll just do the top supporters... 
on the interview episodes, and then we'll do all the other shout-outs and stuff in the playlist episodes. And from my point of view, the top supporters are everybody from Jacob Wick up, all right? So I would like to thank my awesome Gold Star Patreon supporters. We're talking about my semi-sonic friend, Jacob Wick. We're talking about the gentlemen in the $50 club, Tim Carlton and Brandon Decker. Then, of course, there's Mike Erdahl with the 5666-Mystery-Donor-And-The-Kings-Of-The-Patterson's-Mike-Shima-And-Then-The-King-Of-All-Kings-Mr.Chris-Dance-Thank-You-So-Much-For-Supporting-The-Show-So-How-About-This-
Well, I am here right now with King Steven. How's it going, man? Everything is well, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. So, where are you from? From around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a citizen of the world, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, it says Venezuela on the band camp. Is yeah. that just a lie? or? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm originated from there, yeah, but not living currently at the moment. Ooh. But, yeah, I'm from there. Are you speaking to me from a secret location? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that philosophy of making people focus more on the music than the artist. You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you what, man. You make uh, some really cool fucking music. Thank you. I usually try and go over someone's, you know, entire catalog when I have them on the show for the first time. Yeah. And so I like to go back to the beginning. And the problem is you have so much awesome music that I don't even think we're going to get to the new stuff because I was trying to pick a cool song from each EP. <laughs> Usually I like to just play about, you know, six songs during the course of a conversation with somebody. Okay. And like, it's all awesome. Like you make really awesome music. Yeah, thanks, man. So what's the deal? Are you like a, a really dark guy in real life? Do you like the <laughs> devil and stuff? Or is it just, just how you express yourself artistically? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm actually very, like a very quiet person, almost introverted, but I don't know. I like when I write music, that's what I hear in my head, I guess. Yeah, it's the way that I express myself. When I design or I write my stories or music, it's a little bit more bombastic, a little bit more over the top, I guess. <laughs> Does King Steven mean anything? Or Yeah, well, the original idea for the name was because I was starting the synthwave scene. I was thinking, what could be a recognizable icon from the 80s? And I thought Stephen King, of course, is. I, I like that author a lot. But what I noticed, it was like um, everyone was taking focus on the sci-fi and TV and movie pop culture reference and stuff. And nobody was doing like the literature one, like the Stephen King in the 80s, you know what I mean? That horror type of content that was made back in the day, the classic horror stuff. And I thought it was very interesting to translate that type of aesthetic into music, I guess. So I went for it. I'm an idiot. I literally just understand King Steven now. <laughs> Come on, man. I just, I... <laughs> Like Come on. <laughs> I, I honestly, up until this moment, I didn't get it because you know sometimes there's people in the synthwave scene who will do that thing where they take the first letter yeah. of the thing and they switch it. So instead of like Ryan Gosling, it's Guy and Rosling, and exactly yeah. right. And so uh, you've just swapped the words, and that was enough to confuse me because I didn't even make the connection <laughs> to Stephen King. And let's. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. That, that, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little bit too obvious. <laughs> well, I liked it because, uh, I, again, you know, there is sort of um, patterns and things that people sort of fall into when they're in the synthwave scene. Yeah. Obviously with the aesthetics and certain things. And then there is the dark synth. And then also some of that stuff tends to fall into certain patterns, you know, with the upside down crosses and mm. things like that. I found with you just the actual name King Stephen, the way that it's written in that sort of crazy like gothic font and the artwork mm. really yeah. stands out. Like just when I see your whole the aesthetic of your album covers and the music and stuff, it does feel like unique to me, like it does feel like a unique thing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I noticed this like when I when I read, you know, the comments on Bandcamp and stuff and everyone sort of has the same sort of comment which is just sort 
sort of like, why is this guy not, why are more people not talking about King Stephen's music? Because it, it is really good. And like, I mean, it is comparable to like, you know, the really great dark synth stuff that's going on right now of like the bigger artists. And so hmm. when I stumbled upon your music, it was really surprising just how good it was. And it was, and it's, it's pretty like cool shit. well that's a nice way to put it yeah thank you very kind of you yeah thank you is king steven your first musical project or was there other stuff before actually no i started way back in the day with a black metal project i was in a band i was the keyboard player that was my first musical project and from there i went along to my own stuff by myself because it was very difficult to schedule practice and and all this stuff it was it was a difficult time back then everyone was busy doing jobs i was very young i was in the college and stuff so it was kind of hard but before king stephen i was doing one man black metal project called uh walking over strings I have a few albums done on that. Say that again. Walking Over Strings. Walking Over Strings? Yeah. It has been a little bit dormant at the moment, but I have a full record done, but I want to make vocals for it, but I haven't got the time to do it. (laughs) But we'll see, we'll see. So I've been doing that. I did a small post-rock project when I was in college in my career. I make my solo career on orchestral music and music for TV and films and stuff. And I I made the music for pretty much every short film <laughs> from my generation <laughs> in college. Did you go to a film school? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Were you the one who just made the best music so everyone came to you to score their projects? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bit like I'm making too, too much of myself, but to be fair, it, it was a small school back in the day. It was like a starting, a small career. It was sure. a, a few students, and I was the few of the pretty much the only one that make music and sound design and mixing for the audio of the films and trailers and stuff. I pretty much do everything in the audio department. That's my career, really. That experience happens to so many people. Like, if you have the the one person in the class who's just like, yeah. he's the, the one who really cares about cinematography. Yeah. And then everyone wants that person to be their camera operator <laughs> because that's the one person that gave a shit or paid attention in class to that particular thing. And Because in film school, hmm. everyone wants to be writer-director. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you will get more experience and practice if you actually just specialize in something because, of course, everyone wants to write and direct. So then yeah. if, if you're a very good editor or you're a very good special effects or even the fucking lighting you know like yeah yeah exactly yeah so that's that's pretty much it yeah everyone was wanted to be a director pretty much and more than writer just everyone wanted to be directors or cinematography or cameraman and stuff i was pretty much the only one of um, post-production that make audio stuff sound is the thing that makes projects that elevates them to the professional level Mm, like you can have a great camera but if you have shitty sound the whole thing feels cheap 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've seen so many projects that are just let down the second the audio starts and you can hear like the, you know, in between dialogue, you can hear like the background sound like cut out and cut in and like the Foley, or there's no Foley sound effects and it just sounds very quiet and dry and like the sound is so important and people, I don't think they respect that as much, like just how much work goes into that aspect of like, you know, high budget movies and things. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, people take it for granted the importance of audio and the projects. Like you said, like you have great visuals, but shitty audio is going to feel cheap. Well, I'll tell you what. What? I want to listen to some music, all right? Sure. We've been talking up this King Stephen being awesome. We're going to go back <laughs> to the Children of the Night oh. EP from 2017. This track is awesome. And it seems to be the fan favorite okay. of this EP. It's called He'll Never Stop Chasing You. Nice. By King Steven.
And that was He'll Never Stop Chasing You by King Stephen. And I am here right now with King Stephen all the way from not Venezuela. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Wait, so did you go to school in Venezuela or did you leave Venezuela when you were a kid? Or? No, yeah, I went there. My my career was pretty much there, yeah. Is it a nice place? Yeah, it actually is, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when you went to film school, did you go there already with the intention that you wanted to make music, or is that where you discovered that you liked the music, or did you already know? I think it was like an epiphany moment, I guess, like Eureka type thing. I said, oh, I want to make music, but that was later in my my youth because I started doing some painting in college because I draw and I do designs and all this stuff myself and so I was I started making paintings and all this stuff but one day I was seeing some films some old films and I th- and I thought to myself like this music is incredible how do I make this that was the moment like I thought oh my god I can do this it is possible because I was always um, mixing this orchestral stuff with electronics in my metal music back in the day in the band so I started to think how can I do this kind of stuff for myself or how can I get into this this industry so I, I make up a year search of colleges and, and all this stuff and I guess <laughs> I found the one <laughs> so when you were scoring like other people's projects did you have a particular style or were you like experimenting with different yeah. things I like to experiment a lot with the sound I pretty much make full orchestral stuff, pretty much what I do with King Stephen projects, but at sometimes more subdued and stuff. But I like to experiment a lot. I do a lot of stuff with orchestral sounds, mixing them with electronics, making my own samples, all the good stuff. I like to experiment a lot with sound. So what would you say some of your inspirations are for the the sound of King Stephen? That's a very good question. (laughs) I think the main inspiration would be metal music and video games music i'm just guessing but do you like castlevania yeah of course okay because <laughs> there is a few like as i was listening to your albums there were moments where i was like this would be pretty fucking cool castlevania music <laughs> like because obviously there is a lot of like orchestral elements to king steven and whenever you play almost classical style organ mm-hmm. you know that gothic kind of castlevania vibe yeah Everyone says the same. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm a big fan of uh, the um, old school video game music. Michiru Yamane, that's the composer from the classic Castlevanias from Symphony of the Night. And I'm a very big fan of that for her score. The music is incredible. That was one of the main inspirations behind the King Stephen music and one of my philosophies for making music is you say that I sound unique and stuff but it was very hard for me to find this sound I was struggle a lot and experiment a lot but what I think is if there is some certain type of thing I want to hear in music I try to make it myself because I don't find it anywhere else I don't know if that makes sense because I like this very melodic wacky sound in passages that I make these crazy transitions and this bombastic orchestral stuff it is difficult to find it so I like that is something that I want and I like to hear in the music so I try to make it myself and it's, uh, it's been a challenge to get there because I've been cooking this project for, I don't know, five years, something like that, 10 years. I don't know. Been playing a lot from a long time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. 
It was funny too because yesterday I was doing dishes and I had one of your albums on. Obviously, the music you have is such high energy. Mm. And my daughter, she's like five years old, and she ran in the room and she just kept running in circles around. <laughs> around me while I was doing dishes like there was just a moment where I'm like is this music making you do this because like <laughs> oh it was such energetic music that it was just making her just run around the kitchen like <laughs> first time I heard about that <laughs> I mean like to, to be fair I, I don't know too many five-year-olds that are listening to this type of music even my wife sort of picked up a bit on the video game vibe because she walked in she sees my daughter running around and she's like, hey, this reminds me of F-Zero. Mm. You know, when you have like the metal mixed with that sort of uh, kind of video game influence. Although like, I don't know, F-Zero music always kind of sounded cheap to me though. Oh. Even when they do like the metal kind of sounds, it was always like those sort of cheap sounding synths. Yeah, but that's what the product of the times, I guess. All, all this MIDI, MIDI type sounds and stuff, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I do really like chiptune sounds. When things went to CD, like the music was on the CD and they were still using those sort of cheap sounding MIDI instruments for some reason that stuff sounds almost cheaper to me than just chiptune music oh okay I see it's not about the composition like there's some great compositions like Doom for example Doom has some awesome music Yes. But the instruments sound really cheap. Yeah. But the compositions are really cool. And so that's why I like to hear covers of Doom, because when you take some of those compositions and actually like make the instruments fatter and louder and cleaner sounding, that it just it yeah. sounds cooler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. But I kind of disagree a little bit. I know it sounds cheap, but I think that's the, the charm of it the limitation of the hardware back in the day. And I think that is one of the things that actually inspired me for the sound, even though I don't use that type of effects in my in the music. But I really like that crunchiness, that cheapness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's kinda it's kinda charming. It's very good. I like that. Right. I don't disagree with what yeah. you just said. And I have that same feeling around like chiptune sounds. Hmm. And there is some old video game music yeah. that I actually prefer the video game version. Like so someone will do like a cover of like Mega Man or whatever oh, and like yes. oh it's a metal cover of Flashman and stuff and sometimes even though you'll listen to some of these old video game songs and go oh this song is clearly a metal song but they're just using chiptune instruments hmm. but there is something special about the chiptune sounds themselves that sometimes when I hear like the orchestral version of Zelda I actually still prefer the video game version yeah I, I agree with that actually yeah Sometimes the original version has certain magic. Yes. Some aesthetic to it that is very difficult to replicate. Again, it's weird that I use the example of Doom because yeah. I actually do really like listening to the music of Doom. Like, especially if I... Yeah, it's classic, yeah. It's awesome. I'm not sure why I use that as an example because that makes it sound like I don't like that, but I actually choose to put that on sometimes. But I tell you what, here's what we're going to put on right now. We're going to move ahead to the Nightmares EP for from March 2018. This is a cool song that I really dug. It's called The Witching Hour nice. by King Stephen.
And that was The Witching Hour by King Stephen. And I am here right now with King Stephen. Hello. So you mentioned that you came up with the name because of the inspiration of horror novels and stuff of the 80s. Like, is that something you were into? Or was that just to find some way to be different? Pretty much both. I'm very I'm into horror type of literature. I like reading a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of books, <laughs> a lot of novels right here. So I thought it was very interesting to base the musical project in a facet of the 80s that was not very much used because everyone is futuristic uh, cyberpunk um, horror movies and stuff so I thought it was very interesting to go a little bit different all the other route because I don't really do much reading so like <laughs> do you have like a favorite horror novel wow we, we can go with the classic with Lovecraft of course mm -hmm. and um, Stephen King um, I can go with uh, I, I don't know I like almost all of their, his books it's difficult for me to choose one but there is one particular book that make a big impression on me, a horror book. It is called The Devil Has a Name, and it's from a Spanish author called Francisco Asensi. It's a, it's a very short novel, but it terrifies me. It terrified me back in the day. It's a very dark, very strange horror book. And it's fascinating to me. <laughs> What's it about? It is about the manifestation, an actual manifestation of a of devil in the Vatican. It starts like that. And it's like the rampant possessions that happens inside the Vatican with the corruption stuff. And it's very interesting. The way the author portrays the darkness and the horror of possession is so interesting. The aesthetic in the book is so cool. It's very, very strange. It's a very unusual book. I haven't read anything like it. Did they adapt this into a film? No, no. Sadly, no. There is a movie called this, but it's not based on the book, I don't think. No, no. no I don't think so. I've been on the lookout for it, to be honest. But sadly, it hasn't been adapted or anything. And it's a very difficult book to find. I haven't seen it in libraries and stuff. Ooh, maybe it was a figment of your imagination. <laughs> the madness. That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, not, but I, luckily, I have my copy, so I know it's real. <laughs> I'm going to check it out, though, <laughs> just in case. But yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very cool book. Because since I don't read, not I mean, I can. I just never have time. But uh, the... <laughs> I know, why am I? I'm a 40-year-old man trying to impress you that I can read. <laughs> but obviously, a lot of people say this about the Stephen King movies, that they're not adapted well and that the novels are a lot better. Mm. So is that something you can confirm as a person who actually reads them? Yeah, sometimes, yes. Because I understand how difficult it is to adapt something. Because I've worked myself in the adaptations of short stories as well during my my film days. So I know it's very difficult to do it, but I appreciate the effort. But 90% of the time, I always going to affirm that the book is better than the movies because of course you can have more time to develop and stuff and write. But in every adaptation, I always appreciate it. And Stephen King has had some very nice adaptations. And I think one of the better ones, in my opinion, is like um, the show, The Outsider. One of the most recent ones. I really like that one. It's a very nice show. It's a very great adaptation from the book. 
I think. I like the one that ends where there's like a giant rat in the cave and uh, what the hell was that? I feel like every time I watch a Stephen King movie, it always ends with like a giant rat or something. <laughs> Just some wacky stuff, weird yeah. shit. That's on. how they seem to end. <laughs> if a TV show can be based off a novel, it's a way to make almost like a better television program because they have a template of where to go and they know what storylines are important and that's cool. But then if the TV show is really good, I don't want to read the book because mm. I don't want to ruin it because I like watching a cool TV show. Mm, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So do you have like a job right now where you're working in the field of audio stuff or film stuff or are you just doing other stuff? Mainly... Right now, I'm I'm just focusing my time, my full time on King Stephen. Nice. And I have other projects in mind, but right now I want to move on into the design field to make more cover arts and stuff for other artists. If any artist out there is interested, <laughs> you know, you can text me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, just make a shameless plug right there. <laughs> sure. What's what's the area code of not Venezuela? Uh, <laughs> you can Instagram. <laughs> so you do your own, like, the artwork of King Stephen is you? Yeah, yeah, I do all my designs, all my artwork. I like to have full creative control mm. over the projects that I do. I enjoy every facet of the creation process. Sure. If I can make it. If I can learn how to do it, because it's fascinating and it's interesting to learn how to do stuff, well, I'll, I'll do it then. I think it's very, very rewarding when you learn and you devote to this craft. It's, it's very, very good. I like that. Well, I'll tell you what I like is listening to cool music. <laughs> and I want to uh, I want to listen to this one. We're going to move ahead here to the Bloody Night Fever EP from 2018. Uh, I'm trying to just pick a cool song from each one. <laughs> and this was a track that I liked a lot. It's called Night of the Dancing Dead by King Steven. <laughs> nice.
And that was Night of the Dancing Dead by King Stephen. And I am here with King Stephen right now. I mean, yeah, your artwork is really good, eh? Like, it, it does stand out when I looked at it. Like, it did have, like, a unique and cool vibe. And uh, so good, good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I make myself, I work hard. <laughs> I try to make it the best I can. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's neat stuff. So I'm just looking at like uh, some of the covers now. So is this like illustration? Are you taking like still images from things and manipulating them or like what? Uh... Sometimes, yeah, I do that. Yeah, because um of course, it has to be royalty-free and stuff. Or sometimes I take photos myself and I edit them and I make new things. It's like sampling. I grab some designs, I make something out of them. And those designs new that I make, I use them in a different artwork. So I have different textures and stuff. But yeah, pretty much do everything Photoshop. I Sometimes I paint it myself, but mostly it's Photoshop and stuff. So this super elaborate King Stephen logo... <laughs> Is that, that's hand-drawn? Like, that's not a font, right? No, no, that's hand-drawn. I made that, yeah. Do you do that art physically and then scan it in, or is that just all digital? Yeah, yeah, I made it on paper and I scanned it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when I see certain things like that, I'm like, how the hell would you do that digitally? Like, that would be... Well, unless you have, like, a big tablet. I want to get one of them 12-inch iPads, because they're fun to draw on. Yeah, that's super cool. Is that a little too expensive? Yes. Like, uh... I didn't think I would ever be interested in painting on an iPad. I just thought, oh, there's no way in hell that's going to be satisfying. And then even on one of my older generation iPads, I did buy the pencil Mm. and I actually really enjoyed sketching on it. It felt nicer than I thought it would. And it is nice when you can paint with different colors by just, you know, clicking the wheel and I want to paint with red now. And then you just do Uh, instead of having to like, you know, grab a different marker or whatever. Like, so there is something kind of cool about it. But then if you buy a screen protector that has a bit of texture to it, it sort of dulls the color and it dulls the brightness just a bit Mm. to to the point where why did I just pay $2,000 for a really nice screen if I'm going to cover it, you know? Yeah, I understand. But I'm a little bit old school in that regard. I like drawing on paper. Yes. That feeling of the scratching of the pencils and the, that stuff, it is irreplaceable. Oh, talk about Foley sound, dude. I love the sound of a pencil on paper, the sound of paper turning. Like when you have a shot in a movie or whatever where it's a close-up of the pen writing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just hear the sound of the pen and then like the paper slightly turning when they're... Oh, dude, it's like some of my favorite stuff. <laughs> The song a- ASMR stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still can't match just the classic pencil on paper, pen on paper. Like, it is it is very satisfying. Yeah, exactly. Although I buy a lot of cheap pens, and so they always run out of ink. So every time I go to write, I often find myself snapping a pen in half out of anger because it's it's run out of ink. And I'm like, fuck! Like, every time I go to write, I swear, every time I go to write, the pen is out of ink. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! And I just fucking crack it in half and throw it across the room. I'm like, so last time I went, I just bought like 50 pens. Like I went to the dollar store and just got a whole thing of pens and I just have a cup right next to my desk and it's full of pens. And so the second I have one that doesn't work, I just whip it across the room and just grab a new one. (laughs) And then you discover that the ink went dry inside the the pen. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens. You are absolutely right. The problem is I let the pens just sit there for too long. Exactly, yeah. And so really buying 50 pens isn't the solution because then you just have a cup full of fucking dry pens. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
so annoying. Yes. At this point in time, do you do art that isn't related to King Stephen stuff? Like, do you like doing art just in your life, like painting and things, or do you find now you're doing most of it with purpose? Yes, I. Most of my time, I try to think of designs for King Stephen, but at the moment, um, I have a few personal projects, and I make designs for those projects and for everything else, really. Sometimes I have an idea, it might not be related to anything, and I think it would be nice for a cover art or some piece of a concept art, and I'd make those kind of stuff, yeah. Painting, in paintings, I used to paint with airbrush a long time ago and with oil paintings and stuff but I'm not doing that much right now because I rather have that money go to invest in the better of my equipment and music and design and stuff. I've never painted with an airbrush. Mm-hmm. Do you buy like air cartridges or do you just pump it up like or do you hook it to a device that blows air like how does it work? Yeah it's a, a air compressor yeah I have a small air compressor and I hook it up to the airbrush and I work with it. I put the paint in the airbrush and that's it. Very simple, actually. It's very small. It's like, I don't know. I have no reference right now. (laughs) It's very small. I'm trying looking around and like... Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like fun. Like I've I've tried building props in the past and I always buy spray paint. So I go to Walmart just because mm. they have like this cheap brand of spray paint. Yeah. But then I always think this would probably be a lot cheaper if I just bought like a $20 thing of paint and had an air compressor. The spray paint cans don't really have a lot of paint in them. Yeah, yeah. It costs like 15 bucks sometimes for a can of paint that you can pretty much exhaust in about like three minutes like if if you have a lot of spraying to do yeah you know inconvenient yeah so that's my story about that (laughs) (laughs) no definitely get an air compression you want to work with that an air compressor is the best is the way to go yeah they're one very small ones it's very cool well i'll tell you what else is really cool The music of King Stephen. Yes, we are uh, moving ahead to the Midnight Ghost EP. And uh, and this is a cool song. This is It Comes Out at Midnight by King Stephen.
And that was King Stephen with the track It Comes Out at Midnight. And I'm here right now with King Stephen talking about air compression. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> So what's the deal with the way you release music? You seem to like releasing four-track EPs. Oh, uh, yeah. I think... Um, how do how do I say this? It makes more sense financially. <laughs> well, yeah, that has something to do with it. But I think it's more interesting to release this shorter EPs because if you notice, King Stephen, the the project itself is very experimental in its DNA, and each release. I try to use some different aesthetic or idea or sound in particular with only that release. So I focus myself with that in mind in just the songs that I'm making. For example, with the... Bloody Night Fever. The main idea behind that was to use guitars, like solos and stuff. But with the Midnight Ghost, it was more to use like more video gamey kind of music, a little bit more electronic. Not not using. I don't know. Goddamn, I don't know how to explain this. No, I get it. You like each little EP, you sort of set yourself a little like artistic challenge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I like to do this to release a small. EPs with different experimentations because making an album is far more challenging because for example my first album the of monsters and all the horror stories it took me like two years to make and in now in that I'm looking back it's like super fucking long album it's extremely long I don't yes. know what the fuck was I thinking well because you like to release uh, you're a big fan of tracks that are longer than six minutes yeah and so when you when you put out like an album that's got like a whole bunch of songs on it and they're all seven minutes long, yeah. then it's quite the thing. Yeah, that's a small thing that I'm trying to work <laughs> because when I'm writing the music before I go back to the EP stuff, I get myself into a flow of writing. So I have this idea and I think, oh, this melody would fit very well with this. And how about this? I need to change this now to make a, a, a snipe passage to this other section. So I'm right for sometimes in music and the, the tracks I make like in blocks and I fit them together sometimes. And it works because I can move certain sections forward or backwards or mix them. And I have this thing and I I like the the melodies so much that I need to put them all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and struggle to to cut down some sections that's what happens with my with the first album that's why the songs are so long and now that I'm now I listen to it and I think oh my god jeez what I was I thinking this is so long <laughs> uh, maybe I could cut this out and the song would be much better I think but yeah I tend to do very very long songs so that's why I make small piece because it makes me more focused on the idea on the on the project at hand you know you know what i mean yeah 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 i <laughs> i'm just laughing at the fact that i never picked up on the stephen king thing <laughs> even though literally the nightmares ep is just like song three cujo <laughs> i'm looking yes. at it, it says cujo and then i move my eye to the right and i see king stephen and i never <laughs> i never connected the dots <laughs> Yeah, that's actually the first time and the only time, I think, that I made like a direct reference to Stephen King. I thought it would be too tacky or too on the nose, too well, obvious. <laughs> not for me. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that now. <laughs> well, like at this point in time, now I feel like a complete moron because like I should have picked up on that. It's so, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> 
because every every EP it has its own story, its own idea. Because I like to base my music around concepts or ideas or stories. Uh, better said. I guess the reason why I didn't quite pick up on it as well is because you know with album titles like you know of monsters and other horror stories and things like this. To me, it's more evocative of like the classic horror. Hmm. Yeah. Sorts of things like the uh, oh, who we mentioned earlier. What's his face? The fucking color of color of purple or purple or what the fuck it? Um, the Cthulhu guy. Who's the fucking Cthulhu uh, guy? Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah. Lovecraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. I think I, uh, I think most people know him as the Cthulhu guy. I think that's uh, <laughs> HP Cthulhu guy. Yeah. That's- uh, you you offended me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. No, it's a lie. But yes, but that's that's my point. So like, I feel like that's the kind of vibe I get from it. Yeah. Because I, when I think of Stephen King, even though he's been around for a long time, I still do consider him like he's contemporary. Like he's not Edgar Allan Poe, right? I mean, he's mm, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, even though I guess now. If he's been making, like, his novels since, like, the 70s, right? So, or is it even earlier than that? No, it's 70s. Stephen King starts in the 70s, right? Yeah. Which is still, like, 50 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The thing is that because he he writes so much and so fast, he he maintains himself in the present in the modern times. It's very contemporary, like you said. But, yeah, he's been writing since, I don't know, like, he has decades writing. And in particular with that album of Monsters... That's pretty much the idea. Go with the classic horror type thing with very carnivalesque, theatrical kind of sound. Very, you know, very quacky, very strange, very nightmarish type sound. So that's the idea behind uh, that album in particular, telling that the story. Well, let's, uh, how about this? Let's listen to a song from it. Okay, cool. Okay, because there's cool tracks in here, and this is one that I really dug. It's called Goosebumps and Shivers. Hmm. But, well, is that a weird choice? No, no, it's a very interesting choice, because all the choices that you have made right uh, so far, they're very interesting. <laughs> I think that the, the few that I like are, are my personal favorites. So it's very interesting that you chose them as well. Because I always like the synth element. I do tend to gravitate to the songs that are a bit more electronic and a bit more melodic. Like, that's my personal taste. Mm, okay. Whereas I know there are some people who, when they're into the dark synth, they really gravitate more to the metal part. Maybe a bit more aggressive kind of songs that have like a bit more like a, like a big metal solo. Mm. And the thing that I gravitate towards is like is the synth part. Mm, okay. But, uh, you know, I don't just go along with the trends, man. <laughs> I don't just see what everyone's doing and follow along. <laughs> I'm no sheep. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to the song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Goosebumps and Shivers by King Steven.
And that was King Stephen with Goosebumps and Shivers, which is a cool song. And I am here right now with King Stephen himself. Hello. Talking about making music. And wait, did you say you have a post-rock project or you did have one? I did, actually. The project, the black metal project that I mentioned before, that originally started as a post-rock project. And then it evolved into a post-black metal, symphonic black metal kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> because that's the, the project you were talking about, walking over strings. Like, yes. Is that still a thing? Like, you're going to release music as that? Or is it done? No, yeah. It's still active. In fact, uh, I have a full album done already, an eight-track album. But I want to make vocals because it's more, mostly instrumental stuff, like uh, King Stephen. But I want to make the first record with vocals, with metal vocals, but I haven't got the time to record the vocals. I'm going to record myself because I used to sing back in the day metal as well. But that was a long time ago. I need to. <laughs> I don't want to shred my, my, my throat. <laughs> Are you going to be doing some screaming? Yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I used to do that a long time ago in my early days in, in the, the music. I, I was vocalist first, then I moved on to keyboard because I enjoyed more making the music. But Walking Over Strings is still active. It's, it's still a thing, yeah. What language did you sing in? Oh, in English, of course. Okay. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So do you already know what the vocal lines are? You just haven't recorded them? Or is it just sort of like you just know you're going to do it at some point? No, I already have the how they're going to be and they're how they're going to sound because I sometimes when I got the small break I put the tracks and I sketch sort of thing like mm. I sketch record the vocals with the track right so I, I, I already have the, the idea there you know what I learned? What? Because I use Logic to record the show, and sometimes I'll just mm. fool around and make little MIDI things and Logic and stuff, and like FL Studio, and I just mess around. But uh, another thing that keeps on getting advertised to me on Instagram all the time mm. is this microphone that you can sing into that turns your voice into MIDI notes. Oh, okay. Which is kind of a cool idea, because I, like, I can't really play. Like I took piano lessons when I was a kid, but like I forgot all of my lessons. Like If I listen to a bass line, like, I can hum a tune and be like... Like, oh, like I could make a little song here. I got a catchy melody. But then it's really hard to translate that back into the keyboard mm, yes. because I don't have the musical knowledge to just sing a note and go, oh, well, that's a D sharp and this is an E. So there's this microphone that you can sing into and it turns your voice into a live MIDI instrument. But then I found out that Logic has that sort of already. You can't do it live, but like... You know, you can sing into Logic and then pitch correct all the notes, and then you can turn those notes into MIDI notes. Mm, okay. And why did I say this? <laughs> 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 anyway, the point is, it's a cool thing. You can hum and then you can fucking get a melody. And so yeah. um, I'm actually completely lost as to why I said any of that. <laughs> I've confused myself. That's like a, that's a, yeah. this is the first sign of dementia, I think. Oh no. <laughs> hope you're not. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> I hope not, man. What do you do when you're not uh, making tunes? Do you have any other hobbies? It sounds like this all keeps you relatively busy. Yeah, I devote myself pretty much to music, but I like reading um, I don't know I read a lot I write a lot I'm planning some stories and stuff of course I play video games of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't what are you playing right now right now right now nothing because I've, I've been working <laughs> so I haven't got a chance to actually play something but I want to go into Elden Ring but sadly I don't have the time right now 
People love that Elden Ring, man. Yeah. Every single video game website I go to, just all the top stories are all just, these Elden Ring players are farming loot to get lots of armor or whatever, like just dumbass stories. <laughs> I still play Skyrim. Like I'm one of those idiots who keeps buying it every time it comes out. <laughs> if you like it, you like it, man. If it makes you happy, just keep doing it, man. Yeah. I wonder if it makes me happy though. <laughs> that's the real question. Like, Oh, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I like big old open world games but i like when they're kind of easy Mm, okay i'm not really old school in the challenge sense because i don't have a lot of time like i've got kids and when i play a video game now i like to know that i progressed in some way Hmm. and so that's why i'm not really into games where it's like this is a level where you just keep playing it and you just keep dying for like six hours until you've mastered all the timing (laughs) no i totally get it yeah because I work a lot as well. I have, sometimes I, I feel the same. But when I get into one particular game or something, I like it to be a long-lasting game. Yeah. I, I can sink like 200 hours in it, and I just devote myself into it because there's so many games to play. But that's the thing. I just play one game at a time. But the most thing that I do is like reading or watching films but i like long running games like witcher and long ass rpgs and stuff i almost have to focus on one game because my brain can't handle learning the controls of different games (laughs) because every game now you have to press every button like just like that if i'm playing some shooting game and then i switch over to skyrim and all of a sudden it's triangle to jump Mm. and then these other games you know you click down the left stick to run but then in this game clicking down the left stick is crouching Mm, yes those little changes are enough to just confuse the hell out of me and and then that's why it's nice to go back to like lego games where like you know you just you run and jump and swing the lightsaber and that's what you do yeah h man h (laughs) (laughs) no no i totally get it yeah I never beat The Witcher. I played it. And then there was just a point where I kind of stopped playing it. And I enjoyed it while I was playing it. But uh, I got sidetracked by some other thing. Yeah, it's just fantastic. I like it particularly a lot because of the, the writing. There is some moments in there that are so fascinating to me. How the, how it's made, the design and the narrative. It's great, man. You should definitely go for it and finish it. It's fantastic. It's really good. I really liked the water effects. <laughs> I thought the water looked really nice in that game. No, visually it's incredible, yeah. But I think I might just wait until they put out like a next-gen patch. Mm. Sometimes it's that nice little coat of paint that makes something feel fresh and new. Mm, okay. I never used to be a frame rate person. I never used to care about frame rate. I just liked if the graphics were really good. But then I played Cyberpunk. Mm. When I put it in 60 frames a second mode, it actually made the game so much better, okay. which is the first time I've ever had that experience. I, I never used to care. I grew up with like the N64. I played GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, and those games sometimes, if you were playing multiplayer, it would go down to like four frames a second. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> there have been times where I was playing modern games and the frame rate dipped so low and I could still play it because I was so used to that memory of like, I know how to do this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a seasoned veteran. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Witcher at 60 FPS will be the thing that'll make me uh, complete the story. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's a very long game as well. So, But yeah, there we go. I'm not a frame rate guy at all. I'm I'm with you in, in that. But if it runs at 60 FPS, uh, it's a welcome addition. But I really don't care. If the game is good, I will enjoy it either way. I don't care. 
Yeah, I think as long as, I mean, if the story, if what's going on is cool, like when I first played Skyrim, I played it on the PlayStation 3, mm. and that was the one that was famously the most broken version of that game. <laughs> yeah. And the thing was, I just loved the game. So I put up with fucking 10-minute long loading screens. You know, I put up with everything just because I really enjoyed the experience that the game was giving me. And in the case of Cyberpunk, it was just that at 30 frames a second, the game almost was felt broken. Like the controls were really laggy and stuff. And so it was very different. I, I thought the game was broken when I first bought it. I'm like, these controls are bad. It just felt like it didn't work. Mm, and then yeah. when it was at 60 frames, it was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I think with The Witcher, the last thing I ever played, there was a mission in The Witcher that went on for so long where you like, you meet these old ladies in a hut and then it's like, oh, but you have to go here. And then you would, you got to go get a horse and you would go to get the horse. But then some other guy would be like, oh, before you get the horse, you need to do a a thing for me. And then you go do a thing for him. But then it, it was like this weird mission where every single person you went to gave you another side mission before they would give you the thing where I'm like holy shit everybody wants me to do them a favor before they give me the fucking thing that I can get to like anyway this lazy people God yeah. <laughs> this motherfuckers but look what? Uh, let's listen to another song <laughs> all this video game talk I want to listen to another track from this album because it's a cool album and it's long go for it man don't worry and I want to listen to a track called Burning Pages in the Dark mm, okay interesting <laughs> anyway, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> this cool. is Burning Pages in the Dark by King Stephen.
And that was King Stephen with Burning Pages in the Dark from the album Of Monsters and Other Horror Stories. I feel a little weird. It's like, this is a problem I have when someone has so much awesome music. Mm. There's still, you had another EP, the Vanitas EP, you've got the new one, <laughs> and, it, and it's hard to like try and give a sample of everything without playing like 40 songs. I think the last thing you put out was the uh, A Mass and a Banquet EP. Yeah, and I think um, this particular project, this Mass and a Banquet, was, a, was an interesting challenge for me because it was my first album, I think, of the, the first project without orchestra because I wanted to make an entire project just with electronic sound. All the other projects, it, it, they have orchestras or guitars or choirs and stuff. So I wanted to make something without any acoustic instruments. Maybe percussion in one of the tracks, like natural percussion to make it more groovy and stuff. But it is not as bombastic as the rest. I made it with this idea of people dancing in the midnight and the dark because I, I'm a very night person I enjoy being awake at night many of my creative process I guess is during the night so I wanted to make something out of it make it more like intimate type of sound more bass like a little bit more modern too I don't know I really like the how it came out do you like dancing at midnight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed making music during the night. I like the night. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's something that I like. I, I really enjoy being in the dark, listening to music or, I don't know, writing or designing or something. So most of this music I've made it during the night, actually, on this EP. So I think I was trying to translate that atmosphere, that vibe I had at the time onto the music while testing new stuff. You talked before about uh, also doing like writing and stuff. Mm -hmm. if, if you write like short stories or, or things like this, like what's your pen name? Are you going to write them as King Stephen? Or are you going to write them under no. your, your secret <laughs> real name? I don't want to get name? sued, man. I don't want to get sued if I Oh, that's right. King yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I keep forgetting that it's a fucking <laughs> So are you going to uh, come up with a pseudonym? Yeah, probably, yeah. I have one in mind, but all my writings and myself is in draft mode at sure. the moment. I need to do revisions and stuff, so... And that's it, yeah. But it's going to have a pseudonym for for it yeah will you inform the people who listen to your music that this is you or are you going to try and have it be a separate thing that's a very good question i don't know yet because i like to have the projects on their own sure because sometimes i think i like to see if the project is good enough on its own like that's what i did with king stephen at the beginning because i had this black metal project and i had certain amount of uh, popularity at, and at that time i had some good reviews and stuff but i started making king stephen by its own so it didn't have this other thing hanging with it you know what i mean yes yeah yeah i, I like the project has their own identity their own life if they are good they will succeed on its own i like each thing to be their own thing when i writing the first ideas or if i have a dream or something about it <laughs> uh, the idea comes in in a dream because that happens a lot actually my dreams are like small movies with music and everything <laughs> it's kind of it's strange yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I write it in my notebook. Do you ever wake up and just go like, what the fuck is this? Like it's just some gibberish idea that like, yeah. <laughs> I remember that happened to me. I know this, this also happened in an episode of Seinfeld, but it happened to me too, where like I woke up laughing because <laughs> I just thought yeah. this is a fucking hilarious idea. And then in the morning was like, what? <laughs> like it was just gibberish and something can seem very compelling when you're like half asleep <laughs> and then the light of day reveals the stupidity of the idea. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. What the fuck is this surreal shit? That, what, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what was I writing? <laughs> it happens to me a lot, actually. Every time I sleep, my dreams are this strange horror type <laughs> thing with music and everything. It's very strange, yeah. But it's not nightmares. Well, it's because you're probably sleeping in the daytime. I guess. You get the sunlight shining on your face and you're asleep so you can be awake in the night and that sunlight's going to give you all sorts of weird dreams. <laughs> it's messing around, yeah. I found it very useful. Sure. Because I really like that because I write a lot and makes it gives me lots of ideas for music. And I actually dream with songs and I wake up immediately and try to replicate them before I forget them. It's a very strange process mm. that I have sometimes. <laughs> I sometimes sleep with the computer on with the door open Cubase <laughs> just in case <laughs> it's weird. I know but it happens sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But you have to be ready to capture the moment. Like I find h half the battle of getting work done is being in the zone. Mm. I feel like this is true of like all sort of artistic people is you don't quite have control of when you will be in the zone. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So sometimes we try to get ourselves in the zone with drugs or caffeine <laughs> or some kind of schedule. With schedule probably less so for the more artistic people. And so mm. that's the hardest problem I always have is I, especially now like, you know, I've had I have kids. They have a certain schedule where it's like, I really only have about six hours a day where I can actually work without being interrupted. Yeah. But that's not my best six hours. Like for actual creative stuff, I feel like I'm the best if I like have a coffee. It's kind of cloudy out and it's about 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., I feel like that's, like, my best time. Hmm. And so it's always tricky trying to find that zone. And so, like, when you say you're sleeping yes. with the with the DAW open, it's like, yeah, man, because if you can capture that magic, you got to have the trap ready. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's very difficult, yeah. It, it happens to me uh, a lot, having it be in the zone, like, inspired to do something. It's very challenging. It's, very, it's tricky, really. But I, I have found some ways to keep the the flame yeah. <laughs> burning so to speak but yeah that's one of the things that i do i just write stuff if i dream something i just wake up immediately and write it or i'm in the middle of the street doing groceries or some shit like that i don't know i put off the phone and hum the melody yeah and i came back <laughs> to yeah to the studio and, and write it down i guess yeah i do that a lot yeah is it easy to pick up ladies if you're like a night owl <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind no. of ladies are walking around at nighttime ready to be like picked up? Uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh. I like asking the hard hitting questions here. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> well, I tell you what. How about this? What? Let's listen to one more song, and then we can say goodbye because oh. we've been uh, we've been talking for quite a while here. Okay. So how about you pick a song? Oh. Do you want to listen to one from the new album? Is there a particular one that from the new EP? Um, my personal favorite from the EP is the Midnight Feast. 
to be honest. Well, let's listen to that, <laughs> and then we'll wind down. So this is the Midnight Feast by King Stephen.
And that was King Stephen with the track The Midnight Feast. I've been chatting with King Stephen. Uh, it's been fun chatting with you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, same, man. You make uh, cool music. I know I said this several times, but I mean, if people out there are fans of Dark Synth and they have not discovered King Stephen, uh, they're going to be very happy when they do discover you because it's high quality, really awesome Dark Synth stuff. I think with King Stephen stuff, I put myself in the harder, harder way because of the name that I chose. I didn't thought that <laughs> really well at the beginning I think because it's King Stephen that happened a lot at the beginning because people were looking for it on, on the web and, and YouTube oh and stuff. you mean you're talking uh, yeah. search engine optimization yeah yeah people just keep getting the, the Stephen King uh, results right that's a, a little bit one of the, the reasons it doesn't brought up more I think I don't know that's what people said to me at least and that's why I tried to make the titles and the, the names on the track very unique, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's an important part. I mean, I think when it comes to SEO, mm. the synthwave scene has a lot of artists that I'm sure they have a really hard time mm. because, <laughs> you know, when you have when, when like 50 artists who all have very similar kinds of names, yeah. then it's tricky when you go to search for it. I think even Google and some of the other search engines now, they almost don't point you towards exactly what you're looking for because mm. they work on the principle of showing you what you probably want to see based on what everybody else does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you type in King Stephen, but the majority of people, whenever they type in the words King and the word Stephen, want to find Stephen King, then Google is going to show you Stephen King, mm. even though that's not what you typed. Yeah, exactly. It's an extra hurdle. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's definitely one of uh, the things I have to deal with. But I really don't mind because I like Stephen King a lot as his writings. I'm a big fan. I was in, in my early days. I read a lot of his books. That's one I started reading. But at this point in time, I think I have created a little bit of name for myself. People are starting to recognize my music and they come directly to my social media, to my Instagram, and they say kind words of uh, they, they like the music and stuff in the past year, I guess. Well, the bottom line is this. You make cool music. <laughs> that's all that matters to me. Well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Well, look, is there, is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Or? There's a few side projects. I don't know if people is going to be interested in that. More in the metal scene or the different type of electronic music. That's one of the things that actually is difficult for me to announce. Because I'm so into King Stephen that I don't want to make the music way too experimental because I don't want to lose the the main idea, the aesthetic of King Stephen get diluted by these other projects. Sure. So it's difficult for me to add new stuff into the music. So is that where you, you take those ideas and they go into the the walking over strings sometimes yeah there is an album on that project there's it is no longer available for different reasons but it's it was a mix between black metal and synthwave i think you can find it on youtube i guess i don't know i'm not sure do you still have the files <laughs> no yeah I, I, actually i do <laughs> <laughs> i keep everything okay. just like but the thing is not available because i really like the idea i don't know if to remake it into a King Stephen project. The album is called Neon Borealis. 
It can be found on YouTube, I guess. Mm. It's a very strange mix. But then why did, why did you take it away? Because of that, because I, I like the, the concept and the idea. And I think I can make it better now. Do you just mean you can make it better sonically? Yeah, yeah. I think the structure of the, of the project and the mix, the mix is not the best. Definitely not the best. I know much more now than I used to then. So I know for a fact that I can make it sound much, much better. And I really, really like that album. So I think it would be an interesting project to make, but I'm not quite sure yet because that takes a long time I have to remix and redo a lot of stuff I'll just fucking boot up that Cubase <laughs> and just slap on a limiter and a compressor and re-release it <laughs> <laughs> oh come on that's <laughs> not that lazy man. <laughs> that's what I would do <laughs> I don't know I have so many ideas I don't know where to start to be honest it's a good place to be man when you have so many sort of different outlets where you can express the creativity I mean that's a uh, because maybe sometimes you might have a cool idea and you just end up going like I think I think this would just be better as a painting <laughs> than a song you know like and then you have that the flexibility to be able to do that yeah I, I don't know that's one of the things that I'm struggling right now because I want to make more experimental stuff I want to experiment with more sonic landscapes and I don't know if if I do them with the King Stephen name I don't know how it's going to be received <laughs> right that's one of my fears I guess <laughs> it's a challenge it's a challenge for me to wrap my head around one idea and just focus and get through it all the way to the end with that idea in one project because with this black metal stuff I have um, a couple of songs I've, I've wrote recently very very symphonic black metal stuff and I like it so much but I have no idea what to do with them <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> it's, it's very difficult the thing about dark synth though is a lot of people come at it already liking dark metal and like black metal music mm. and then sometimes within synthwave you'll have an act who does synthwave but then they go I'm gonna do more of a chill wave album and then they they have a different name for the chill wave album exactly sometimes I understand completely why people do that and then sometimes it frustrates me like some of my favorite bands I like Depeche Mode mm. their sound changes constantly right like if you listen to their album in the early 80s with like just can't get enough and then you listen to what they make now it doesn't sound the same but they are the same band and mm. I feel like with King Steven like there's already enough of like that metal sound especially with the guitar solos and like just peppering a King Steven album with a few just more pure black metal tracks, I don't think would feel... I don't think it would feel wrong, is, is mm, what I'm okay. saying. But that's me. That's just me. Maybe I'm completely out of whacker here. But I, I think that, you know, if I was listening to a King Steven album, and yeah, there's some that have some synths or whatever, and then track four is just kind of more of a pure black metal track, I don't think I would be like, what the fuck is this doing here? Like, it would be like, okay, that makes sense. Like... <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. But I mean, what the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you have a lot to think about. Yeah. But look, I listen, keep on making cool tunes. I think it's really cool stuff. And uh, I look forward to hearing what you come up with. And it will be exciting to see where you end up placing these, these black metal songs you've written. Will they go to a separate band camp? Will they be absorbed by King Steven? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows indeed. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, it was it was great talking to you. Yes, man. And keep on being a cool guy. Well, thank you. It was it was a uh, it's an honor <laughs> to be chatting here. Really, I had a very very nice time here. 
talking to with you. And sorry, it took place in the daytime. <laughs> I guess, or is it nighttime for you? No, it's daytime. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not your best time, so I apologize. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's okay. I can manage. All right. Well, take care, dude. Take care, man. All right, and that was my chat with King Stephen. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you liked the music. Uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for indulging me at the start of this show with all the explanations of the changes and things like that. I hope you enjoy them. The whole point of this is that there will be more Beyond Synth for everybody to listen to. You'll hear Marco on a more regular basis. We'll have bigger playlists, so we'll be able to support more artists, and we should be able to release more episodes. And by we, I mean me because i'm the one who edits all this shit (laughs) so anyways uh have a lovely day uh keep on being cool and tune in next time to beyond synth the best synth wave chat show there is Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you. Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom. (laughs) 